The International Barbecue Festival draws thousands of people to downtown Owensboro each year and has become the city's signature event. We're going to be discussing how the Barbecue Festival became so successful and how it's been able to endure for 40 years. Stay with us. This is Inquire. For the Messenger Inquire, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me this week are Barbecue Festival co-chairwoman Sharon Naismith and Bill Glenn, who is a cooking member of Our Lady of Lourdes cooking team. As I mentioned in the intro, the International Barbecue Festival has been an annual event for 40 years. So Sharon, talk about the genesis of the festival and how it came to be. Our city mayor, Dave Adkinson, uh, started the festival 40 years ago with a couple of other people from the local barbecue restaurants. It came out about as an idea when he and his wife were traveling back from Louisville from a food festival, and he decided we should have a barbecue festival. At the time, it was thought that they, they would get the local restaurants, barbecue restaurants here in town involved, and then it resulted in getting our church cooking teams and uh, volunteer teams to come in and actually compete and have a pit barbecue for uh, everyone. The festival itself, uh, official date is April, or May of 1979, and uh, again this year we're going to be celebrating that 40th anniversary. The concept has been the same. We keep trying to add things or change things around according to the demographics and what people are looking for, but one thing has remained constant and is always what people remember is our rock stars is our church cooking teams that bring in their large pits uh, over several blocks with the blazing fires and the barbecue chicken, mutton, pork, and, of course, burgoo. So what was the attendance like in those early years? In the early years, we had uh, quite a bit more participation from our parishes. Uh, at one point in time, there was probably 20 teams. Uh, right now, we do have uh, five cooking teams that are downtown uh, from the local parishes. They cook 600 pounds of mutton, 600 pounds of pork, about 400 chickens, plus around 200 to 240 gallons of burgoo every year those teams actually start selling that by the pound or by the gallon at 3 p.m. on Saturday of the festival, and they are sold out before 4 p.m. And I remember as a kid, um, I was probably five or six years old when the barbecue festival started out, and you learn quickly that the second weekend of May, you had that barbecue festival to look forward to. And I know uh, Mr. Glenn here, how do, how do you guys... When do you guys start preparing for that second uh, weekend in May? Well, we actually start weeks before the barbecue festival starts itself. We have been working already three or four times this year in preparation for the barbecue festival to check our equipment and update it and make sure that everything is in working condition. And, and we'll be continuing to do that, especially next week, the week before the festival starts, We'll be working at our church site Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, getting everything ready and, and hauling everything down to the, to the riverfront. And then, of course, Friday and Saturday we'll be there. Now, how many people, you were telling me this prior to going uh, to the record here, how many people does it take your team specifically to make this happen? Well, it takes it takes our whole church team there. We have a lot more people that show up to help us to cook and and serve than than actually belong to the cooking team itself. 
we will have uh, uh, at least 50 or 60 men show up and work most of the weekend along with many of their wives and and their families. I have uh, I have a family of six children, and almost every year, all of those six children, and they're all grown now, but they have all participated in just about every festival that we've had, along with their children now, my grandchildren that have come down and helped. And this not just with me, but with other members of our cooking team area. Now, give folks a sense, too, of how much food we're, we're talking about that you have to prepare. Uh, you know, gallon what 75 gallons of burgoo and, and, and maybe more but just talk about how much food you have to prepare uh, because you have a lot of folks uh, that you're having to feed and, and, and probably specifically come to your uh, to your booth to be able to buy just the barbecue because I know people have their favorite particular teams that they go to every year yes and we cook well, the way we'll cook it we will be cooking and preparing approximately 200 or more pounds of pork and mutton that we are going to sell on sandwiches or buy the sandwich through the weekend, along with one to two kettles of burgoo that we'll sell by the cup over the weekend. And those kettles start out at 75 gallons a kettle, but they cook down to about 55. Now, for the actual uh, uh, festival where we sell bulk, we will be fixing approximately six to 800 pounds of mutton and somewhere in the neighborhood of four or 500 more pounds of, uh, of pork, and along with uh, approximately 300 to 400 chickens and four kettles of burger, which is going to be about 55 gallons per kettle. So you're looking at about 220 gallons of burger that will be sold by the, uh, by the jug. And how long, uh, Mr. Glenn, have you been involved doing this? I've been doing this for right at 34 years now, I believe. I'm getting to the age where I can't remember all that precisely, but it's been about 34 years. Uh, we sell out one particular year that uh, when we started selling, we actually were able to sell out in about 24 minutes. But we had multiple people on the line taking orders and taking money and packaging food up for the people as they, as they came through. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen quite that fast all the time. But as a rule, within one to two hours, well, we've sold everything that we've prepared. Hey, that's, that's impressive. Uh, so, Ms. Naismith, um, how long have you been involved uh, with the Barbecue Festival as far as organizing it and so forth? I started out at the festival actually when I worked for Bell South and I was on one of the cooking teams itself and I got the nice job of deboning chicken for the burgoo which was better than chopping onions so I appreciate that so I started out that was my introduction to the festival and then I've actually been one of the co-chairs for the last four years but I've worked on and off the board when I lived in town for probably the last 20. So so you remember when the downtown uh, what I would call its dark days, uh, you know, whenever there wasn't much reason to go downtown except for the barbecue festival. Do you remember those years? I do remember those years. So what was, were you guys ever concerned that the condition of the downtown would affect, you know, the crowds uh, for the barbecue festival? 
You know, we weren't. Uh, I will say the construction days were difficult uh, as far as placing people and getting events and vendors placed. But at no point in time were we ever concerned with the actual condition of downtown. However, it is very apparent the difference that it does now make. I've, I've firmly believe that it's added quite a few more attendees just because of the openness. It allows us to present the festival in a more aesthetic manner and the fact that uh, we get a lot of attention just from the downtown area itself and then you associate the festival with downtown. So everything that's happened has been a plus but we still had a lot of fun and sold a lot of barbecue back in the in the what I call the olden days. How many I mean, how many folks are you talking about as far as crowd size that you anticipate or average every year? Right now, uh, I actually, because I have no idea how you'd estimate this for festivals, I went to Tim Ross, our city events director, and he helped me. And so right now, because we're just a day and a half festival, probably around 35,000 people now, uh, and that has gone up and down. Of course, you know, every now and then it does rain at the festival, which everyone will smile and chuckle about, but... Um, Rain does hurt us, but the minute it stops, the people come back out. So right now I'd say 35000 and looking for that to continue to grow. One of the things that has brought us a little more national attention is the uh, Kentucky Legend Mutton Sandwich Eating Contest that brings in Joey Chestnut. That was the first year last year for that. Uh, he's returning again this year, and Kentucky Legend is great as far as they're, sh they're shooting out some shirts and basketballs and all kinds of uh, promos to help with the uh, with that and it's a pretty exciting new event for us so what I want to get into I was talking to Mr. Glenn uh, earlier and I went to uh, Gulf Shores Alabama this past fall and we happened to be down there at the time of the shrimp festival and he said he's familiar with that and I was hoping to get you know some local people you know cooking shrimp dishes and 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 all I found you know, they were all commercial vendors. And so one of the things, I was disappointed in that because one of the things that, uh, for me, that makes this barbecue festival special are the local cooking teams and folks like Mr. Glenn here who, you know, who dedicate so much time and, and so much, uh, you know, energy into this festival each and every year. And, and now you, you talked about earlier that you used to, have what 15 to 20 teams and now it's gone down to about six teams are, are, are you guys worried at all you know that 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 someday those teams may not be able to show up and then you're going to turn into a similar kind of festival where it's just all commercial vendors you know the good thing about it is is i have um our teams that are that are still with us have uh, vowed that they will stay as long as they can, as long as they get enough volunteers, and uh, as long as we have at least one church team, we will stay true to our heritage. However, we recognize this issue could be coming up, so our backyard cooks who compete, they were uh, running around only five to ten competitors a year. Those are now up to 35. This year we're expecting uh, closer to 50, and that's like if you and I decided, hey, we're really good at making barbecue chicken, so we would pull our grill down here, and we'd set up a little space, and we would cook 
um, our barbecue chicken and submit that for competition. The uh, prize money, we do want to draw more people in. We This year we double the prize money, so if you're the grand champion, you could win up to $1,500. If you have the best chicken in town, you could do $500. But really, it's not the money. It's that little trophy that says you are the best uh, barbecue person in town cooking uh, from an individual standpoint. And, of course, the large teams uh, compete for the governor's trophy that allows them to uh, display that during their festivals and during their fundraisers in the summer. So, Ms. Smith, I know the, uh, the Barbecue Festival has an overall mission. Can you talk about what that mission is about? Yes, the mission of the festival, when it was first started, and we have continued that on, is to highlight just good old Davis County barbecue and to provide a forum for nonprofits to raise funds for their charitable events. Over the years, uh, obviously I don't ask the church teams uh, what their profits are, but I do know from just speaking with them that each team easily puts back anywhere from six to $10,000 back into the community from their profits. I, the festival itself, if you're a board member, at the end of the festival, we are all allowed to specify a charity of our choice, and depending on our finances, we put that money back, and each of us gets, so that's about 35 people that get to make a small donation to their favorite charity. We're participating this year in the OINK project. Uh, I don't know how much you've heard about it, but it's a great project where they've raised $60,000 from different businesses in town uh, to help charities uh, and designated charities here in the community. Our OINK project, I hope when you come to the festival, will be you meet our pig whose name is Smoke. And uh, I'm already in love with Smoke, and the symbol is that he will be displayed along with 11 others in the community, and that pig actually represents $5,000 going to an individual charity here in town from 12 different organizations. So the festival also ensures that when we need help, for example, trash or road closures or someone to take up money for us or do just miscellaneous things in the festival, we do uh, ask nonprofits to participate in that, and then we make a significant donation to them. So the mission of the festival, we have still been able to carry on. The significant part, obviously, is from our cooking teams, what they do and put back. So I'm estimating that at least sixty to $80,000 every year goes back directly into the community to help those in need in our other charitable organizations. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Sharon Naismith and Bill Glenn for joining me. And to send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.